Yeah, man, it's the one only DJ Chase, the pregame party miss podcast right here on WDJC DB, DJ Chase Radio, the DJ Chase Radio mobile app, man, on I- Apple I- iPhones, Android, the Audible app, Apple Podcast, Spotify Podcast, the YouTube DJ Chase TV. But enough of all that, man, we got the super talented Big Bronx's own, my God, a trumpet player, the RT, excuse me, the DJ, the actor, the dancer, my guy, Sean Taylor, Taylor Gang. I'm a Taylor. He's a Taylor. Sean Taylor in the building. What's going on, brother? What's going on, DJ Chase? Thanks for having me on the platform. It's definitely a blessing. And yeah, looking forward to getting into it and chopping it up with you and just having a heart to heart as two fellow tailors, you know what I mean? For sure, for sure, for sure, man. So, you know, a lot of times, like I said, a lot of artists, you know, they, people don't know that background. They just think like, okay, people just, they just know who they are, but I want people to kind of get into your back. I mean, excuse me. I want people to kind of know about your background. I want to get into your background a little bit. So uh, first and foremost, how are you feeling today? Me, I feel great. You know, I spent time with my grandparents today, spent time uh, with my daughter, you know, got a chance to go to the gym and work out. You know, summertime is yeah. like the optimal time to just stay right, stay active. And now I'm here for this wonderful interview. And look, I had a great day, so I feel blessed. Good, good, good. Blessings to that. Blessings to that. So well, I'm going to get into it, man, your background. So you were born in the Bronx or you are born in Jamaica? So I was born in the Bronx, Uptown, Wakefield, you know. Yeah. It used to be it used to be called Our Lady of Mercy Hospital. It's now called Montefiore. Yeah, <laughs> but, yeah I always mm-hmm. say I always say I'm from Uptown Bronx by way of Jamaica because you know my although my pops you know he's from the Bronx. Um, his mm-hmm. side of the family is American with roots from the South, South yeah. Carolina. You know I was raised on my mother's side of the family. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm the first generation that was born here. Everybody on that side was born and raised in Jamaica. Yeah. You know what I mean? And and I'm tapped in like for real, for real. You know? Yeah. You tapped into Jamaica real hardcore? Oh, you mean? You know how the thing go. We'll love to say like I got the best of both worlds. You got know you, got you. So, you know, I want to ask this because like I, I'm, I was born in the Bronx, but I was raised in Harlem. So I'm more Harlem. How was growing up in the Bronx for you? Like, because, you know, everybody's experience in the Bronx is different. How was it growing up in the Bronx for you? Well, for me, I would say I, I think it's important to 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 break down the the differences between the areas of the Bronx. Right. Mm. You have you have, you got the North Bronx, which we call affectionately call it Uptown Bronx. And then you got the South Bronx, which most people know the Bronx for. Yeah. And then you have that midline that separates the north from the south Bronx, which it, which is East Tremont Avenue. Mm-hmm. East Tremont is like a long street that just runs all, yeah. all, all through the middle of the Bronx. But growing up in North Bronx, Uptown Bronx is a completely different culture than the South Bronx. You know, the South Bronx is heavy, you know, uh, Latin America, you know, a lot of Hispanics. You know, Hispanics are all over. Salute to the whole Hispanic and Latin. yeah, yeah. You know, but when you go, when you cross over into Uptown, you in you in you in like little Jamaica. <laughs> you in little Jamaica. Of course, or, of course. Or just call it like the little Caribbean, because although the majority 
that live up here is you know Jamaicans but mm -hmm. you got those who are from Trinidad those who are from Haiti those who are from you know uh, Antigua some from Guyana you know yeah. yeah yeah so I wanted to ask this right so you were raised by both your parents or just your mom so interesting enough I was raised like I said my so look we getting right into the story like, <laughs> we're gonna talk we're gonna talk we're gonna, right? we gonna talk yeah man so look my parents i love them to death my mom and dad they you know they grew up during the 80s like when the yeah. 80s was rough and if you know anything about the 80s and drugs and the crack cocaine epidemic you know they although they were working they were Listen, they were on that thing. You know what I'm saying? And thankfully, I had, you know, my maternal grandparents, you know, to step in. And they said, hey, look, y'all got to get y'all act together. But we're going to make sure that Sean is good. Yeah, yeah. And so my grandparents, although they technically are my grandparents, they are affectionately called mommy and daddy because mm. they're you know, but my yeah. pops and my my pops and my moms, they were always around in some facet. Mm. But but the mainstay, the nucleus, Roy and Daphne Taylor. <laughs> some more Taylors. More Taylors. Word <laughs> for sure, for sure. Now I want to ask this, right? Because you are also a trumpet player, but we're gonna get we're gonna get into that in a second. Now. You know, growing up with your grandparents, were your family besides your uncle, which we were gonna get into, was what did, did that spark the musical journey for you, or they just was like working class, you know, working class people? What do you mean as far as like being in the industry or pursuing a career in the uh, pursue more so pursuing? Like, did they like pursue music too, or they did they have like any music like background? So here's the interesting thing, right? So my grandparents. My maternal grandparents, let me be clear, they both could dance their behinds off when they were <laughs> so that that was embedded, you know, in me. Um my paternal grandfather, uh he could sing. Mm. Um, and as well as my, you know, paternal grandmother as well, you know, both growing up in church on both sides of the family. Mm, okay. So, you know, growing up in the church and you know how important you know the musical aspect there is in praise and worship and so forth so that was that runs deep dna but what i want to say is getting more uh closer in the line of a bloodline mm -hmm. so my mom she could dance her behind off but she yeah. can't sing to save her life <laughs> my pops, yeah my pops yo he could sing his behind off. Yeah. But he dancing ain't really his forte. <laughs> so it's like they came together, they made me, and I got the best of both worlds. Like I get busy with the vocals, I get busy with the dancing. Yeah. So growing up in in a household where there was always music playing. There was whether it was reggae, it was ska, it was rock steady. If it was, you know, R&B, blues, jazz, you know, Black American music, it was always playing in the household growing up. Yeah. So yeah. The, the the main, I guess you would say the main influence of other than just being around that hub of 
always having music playing mm-hmm. is rest in peace to uh, my mother's brother, my uncle, the late great DJ Shining Star. Yes, sir. And Roy Taylor Jr. He, man, even to this day, I still feel his loss. But yeah. Even though he's not physically here with me, I know that he's always here. And and ever so often, I do feel his presence. You know, and mm. so he, as far as inspiration and to to pursue a career in music he was the one that was like yo it's like yo nephew you got you got some talents on your hand man like <laughs> don't let it go to waste like you know if you don't do something you're gonna be a miserable old man early so, yeah he was probably right about that one yeah so um yeah that's that's really it you know being grown up in that hub and then having you know my uncle as a musical mentor or just a mentor in, in life Mm. To just say, yo, you should really do something. I don't know what you're gonna do. I don't know if it's gonna be a songwriter. I don't know if you're gonna pursue acting. I don't know if you wanna go for full fledged with being an artist, but you have what it takes. And he definitely poured that into me in the best way I would say that he knew how. For sure. Salute to that. And I wanna ask this, right? Because your trumpet playing has taken you to plenty of heights. How did you start playing a trumpet of all things? Well, I was 10 years old. I was in fifth grade. And I I was watching. It was the summer interim between fifth and sixth grade. Hmm. Um, and I was watching a PBS special, Channel 13, where they were honoring, you know, the legend. The man right there. <laughs> Mr. Louis, Miles. Louis, Louis Satchmo Armstrong. Yeah. Yeah, Satchmo, man. And I, I just saw, I believe he was playing the Western Blues or the Potato Head Blues or whatever. But I was just, I remember vividly being fixated on that TV screen in awe. It was just like, to just see the way how he captivated the audience Especially during a time where, you know, racism was super prevalent during that time where, and where there was such a huge divide in the, in, in the class system, you know, mm-hmm. you know, upper class, middle class, lower class, whatever. And for this man to just, to be a black man, the first black male superstar at that. Yeah. Singing and then playing the trumpet masterfully in that moment in that moment I knew I was like that's what I wanted to do that's I, know how, I didn't know how I was going to do it but I said that's I got to do that right there and then just a few months later after you know summer break is over now sixth grade I'm at John Philip Sousa uh, middle school and if you know anything about John Philip Sousa you know yeah. John Philip Sousa he's known for writing a bunch of musical compositions of, of, you know band music so I I like to say it was written, like it was meant for me to go to that school. And I went to the school, sixth grade, um, salute to my sixth grade band teacher, Mr. Paul Pidio. Yeah. He himself is a trumpeter and he gave pretty much the freedom of choice for all of the students to say what instrument they want to play. And I was you know, one of the first in line to just say, look, I want that instrument. And that was a trumpet. 
Yeah. You sure you wanna? Yeah, you know I got I got to go to uh, Louis Armstrong House in Queens. Have you gone yet? Have you got you got the chance to go out there yet? Absolutely. The first, <laughs> I, I couldn't call myself a trumpeter, and I never visited there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I went there, man. And when I went there, I I got chills, man. Yeah. It's goosebumps just to be in the presence, you know, of where this legend resided right um, in the in the heart of the community he never left his people and um yeah just to circle back like in that moment of when i told mr Peter i wanted to play the trumpet he's like you sure that's like yeah. a demanding instrument i said that's what i want and i remember he gave me it was a 1962 con kind of rusty trumpet and he had uh i believe it was a 7c vincent bach trumpet mouthpiece and he kind of like sprayed it down, make you know, sanitize it, whatever. Mm-hmm. Gave it to me. I put the the mouthpiece in, and I'll never forget it. The first time I put it right there against my lips, <laughs> and it was like this big fat sound, and then everybody in, in the you know around the room was like, you know what I mean? And yeah, from, from that day, I never put down the trumpet. That's what's up. That's what's up. So, you know, being that you learned from the trumpets in sixth grade, right? You know, yeah. a lot of people, a lot of people, they, they, they don't take music too seriously and they don't, they don't, you, you know what I mean by that? Like they'll, they'll do it, but won't stick with it as far as going further with it. Right. So when did the right. transit? So let me ask you this question. Did your parents in meaning your, your grandparents, did they support your passion to be a trumpet, to be a professional trumpet player? Did it like, want you to go further with it um i i would say that they always encouraged me to continue to practice it wasn't like oh well you should become a professional trumpeter Hmm. it was just something that i was just very passionate about they and that's one thing i could definitely say that for the most part anything that i was passionate about Mm -hmm. you know my grandparents they supported me in that Oh, you want to you want to do acting? All right, cool. Let's see if we can put you in a great acting program. That's what's oh, up. You want to play ball? Let's find like the best basketball programs that are either local or you know whether it be you know an AAU situation or even a hmm. after school gym situation. You know they always you know they were supportive in in that way. Um, so yeah, it wasn't like it wasn't a thing of oh you should become a professional trumpeter. But when I first started, you know my sound wasn't the best as with <laughs> yeah yeah it takes practice yeah it takes practice you know the neighbors used to be like oh like come on you know yeah i didn't have any soundproof walls anything like that so i, I invested early in getting a, a mute you know i got the harmon mute just to make it a little softer yeah and um yeah over time i think like within like two to three years like i had gotten like crazy good like from the transition from sixth grade to eighth grade it was just like apples and oranges because i had literally played if not every day you got that time man yeah i put that time in bro and <laughs> i guess they really saw like yo you have something here and so i would play in church yeah and then i would play for like you know uh, weddings baby showers and i'm doing this like 14 years old yeah, yeah, you know, so you put that work in. Yeah, I kept working, so they poured into me in that way. For nah, sure, that, 
And that's what's up. And I want to ask this, right? So we're going to speed up a little bit in a sense, like your acting, because you got your acting resume is crazy. And something I didn't know when I met you is that you was on Broadway. So when you got on Broadway, like uh, with a play called Carolina Change, which is dope. How was that experience? And also it's a two part question. So how was that experience? And what made you want to break into acting from the being a trumpet player? Well, so here's the thing. Singing, dancing, acting, composing, a lot of those things I was doing all at the same time. Yeah. So even though like I'm a dancer first, anybody yeah. like my grand, like my grandmother, she from I was I had to be from one. I, some people say, you know, they would say I've been dancing out the womb. You know, <laughs> so I was always dancing, you know, but that's a fast forward dancing then sixth grade like picking up the trumpet and even all while i was playing the trumpet i was still singing in church mm -hmm. you know and i was part of a an after school program called capas that's called the creative and performing arts studio yeah um, and the ceo of that company lola louie she is someone who ingrained a passion for the arts mm. burning passion of not just the arts but having knowledge of self you know having a respect for your elders mm. and the ancestors you know just having this deep this this a word this africanness if mm -hmm. you you know and so i know you asked me a two-part question like as far as being you know broadway and you know going from the trumpet into acting mm. i was always i was always doing both acting and trumpeting and sing and and singing as well and dancing yeah. all at capas at the creative and gotcha okay that's that's the that's the answer i was looking for because it was like you know because i'm reading i'm like all right why is he acting from being a trumpet player that's kind of that's a weird spot to be in in a sense you know what i'm saying yeah it was no yeah. and in uh if i could if i could word it uh properly or in the best way i would say it was in essence, I was groomed to be an gotcha. all-around entertainer, performer, performer. Yep, that makes that Correct. makes a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah. And and it wasn't like, okay, you're going to this school to be this. Mm. It just so happened how you know the cards were just was was just proper alignment. You yeah. know, and I'm a natural dancer. Naturally, I'm not I'm not fearful to be on stage. It could be ten people or ten thousand people. Yeah. So. So dancing, acting, singing, playing the trumpet, playing piano, learning how to read and compose, all these things were happening simultaneously, whether it be yeah. whether I'm at Sousa during the day or at Capas after school, or when I went to high school and I started at, you know, LaGuardia High School mm. during the day, you know, I started off as a vocal major my freshman year. Yeah, yeah. And I switched over into instrumental. But mm. that whole time I was still after school going to creative and performing on studio. So yeah. during the day I'm getting my academics, I'm getting my vocals, I'm getting my 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 uh honing my skills on trumpet and mm. composing. But then after after school, I'm playing ball. I'm still going on acting auditions. I'm still learning monologues and and learning how to dissect characters mm. and 
and learning inflections of the voice and how to tap into the various characters. So, so let me ask you this question now. This, just, just, this is this is gonna be a, a sum up in a sense. Like, so do you feel like okay, acting actually helps your music career? Absolutely. Yeah. But certain, I would say, well, it's been a while. I haven't. I, I could be transparent. And say I haven't been going on auditions like. <laughs> I, because, yeah. I mean, look the the. Look, I'm a teacher, you know, I'm a music yeah. teacher during the day. Yeah. You know, by the time I, I'm finished, you know, it's after four o'clock. Most auditions are between three and five. Yeah. And, they're, and they're held it's in It's a full-time city. job. Yeah, it's another full-time job. Yeah. yeah. And it's held in the city. There's no time for me to really go hands-on to these actual auditions like I used to when I was, you know, growing up. Mm. You know, unless, you know, I just... You know, so, do, uh, you know, submit my own stuff on the side, yeah. you know, and try and get, you know, uh, what's the word I want to use? Like extras. Like if I got mm. booked yeah, extra in a film or a TV situation. But yeah. For those, for those main roles, you have to act. You have to do that a lot. Have, yeah. Yeah. You got to go. So to answer your question, definitely having skills in acting mm. helps in being an artist, I would say, because. Whenever you write songs or whenever you perform songs, they're not always based on personal experiences. Yeah. You can tap into a character. I could be like, okay, cool. I want to play. I want to, I don't know. Like, shoot, I got a record out right now called Joe Grind. Like, yeah, I'm going to talk about that. Feel me? Like, I I used to live that savage life. <laughs> I don't anymore, but... I can tap into that character got you that's you what know? i wanted to ask yeah yeah i'm able to tap in or if i need to if if, if if it's a song where i need to be very emotional i don't necessarily have to be feeling that way in my life but i know how to tap into that character because i learned the skills of how to study a script and tap into the character okay who what is the character that i'm portraying now let me live through that character and mm -hmm. and let my voice let my let 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 the inflections in my voice let yeah. how i my emotions yeah. let that evoke whatever the character that is got you so i want to ask this question right because a lot of times you know because even myself i'm very transparent a podcaster radio host dj producer you know what i'm saying engineer you know so what's your favorite what would you say you know you keep it real real simple what, what would you say you like better you like the music side better you like the acting side better Ooh, well, I wouldn't say it's better. Yeah. It's tough to say what I like better. Yeah. Because, you know, well, what if the acting popped off before the music? Well, I'll be doing the acting, but I'll still be doing music. You know, if the music popped off before the acting, I'm still going to be, I would still love to pursue acting. Yeah. Music. But I have definitely been more heavily involved in the music scene. Yeah. So I, I would say my knowledge of the music and the ever-changing music industry is definitely like top tier yeah you know? um i tap in every now and then with you know different agents and agencies and see when they're casting calls and stuff like that hmm. uh, but i'm not i haven't been studying my monologues for <laughs> you know, so. sure you know like i said it's because you know sometimes especially like a lot of people who listen to my show my radio show my podcast a lot of times people hit that crossroads you know and, and they like okay do i do this or do i do this and that's why i kind of wanted to pick your brain a little bit because 
you know, once again, sometimes people be so confused in a sense. So they like, you know, should I keep doing music? Okay, I'm not getting to where I'm at. I'm not on, as they say, in music yet. So, you know, like I said, you played trumpet for Little Kim. You played for a lot of different people and you work with a lot of different artists. And I also wanted to ask you this question too, like, you know, being being the type of artist, you a, a trained musician, excuse me, do you find it easier to create music on your own as far as like, school taught or do you feel like more like your own composition is easy if that makes any sense so like because i know traditional like musicianship is way different than how we produce so, so do you right. find it easier to produce your own music like that no it's that is a great question i'll be mm -hmm. honest in saying that for it took me some time to get the musicianship thing out of my brain. Yeah. Let me explain what I mean. Let's get it. When you understand the music industry, there's an art to creating what they would consider hit records. Right? It is. Or like I, got a, I got a few of them. Yeah, like there's certain elements that you need to have. You know, some would say, oh, you know, you need got to have a, you know, verse, chorus. You got to have a bridge and then bring it back yeah. to the chorus and then whatever the case may be. You have an intro, outro, all these things, mm. right? Um, and so for me, when I first started as a musician, I'm thinking, okay, well, I need this F minor chord to transition into the G, into the G, yeah. uh, 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 you know, the G augmented and it's just like yo the average listener is not thinking like that they don't they don't you know i'm not you know or if i'm thinking yeah. like yo i want to start off in the key of c then i want to modulate into c sharp then i want to modulate again into yeah. D, you know they're not they're not thinking like that they don't you know and so in answering your question i've come to learn that what helps me is that i know scales i know different um, the different, you know, types of, yeah, different types of scales, like major scales, the different types of minors, the melodic minors, the harmonic minors, the mixolydian mm -hmm. scales and all that stuff. But in knowing that, I still know that there's a science to records nowadays. People don't want to overthink. There you the go. Mass yeah. The mass majority, there's a science to, there's a science to it. And the science that I found, the happy places, how can I make a song that's musical, feels good, and people don't have to overthink? Like, as soon as they hear it, yo, the beat, oh, head bop, how do I have it? something that's catchy? But if you were to, like, dissect it, you'd be like, yo, you hear those chords in the background? Yeah. Like, hey, did he just, were those harmonies? You hear those layers? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, so yeah, yeah. who knows music or who can appreciate those things, they'll be like, nah, he get busy. Like, he really yeah. can. But the average listener will still be like, yo, that joint fire. I don't know yeah. why it's fire. But it's yeah, because the, big, the biggest records that I've ever produced, they all got about eight instruments, if that. Probably six, maybe six instruments at most. The, I think the most, the, like, the one of my biggest records... I think the drums had more instruments than the whole song. The drums was the most layered piece of the piece of music. Everything else, it was just a piano and like a little synthesizer. The biggest record I ever produced See? was two, the six instruments. Yep. And you probably, <laughs> didn't to, you probably didn't have to overthink it. Nope. You probably didn't have to overthink it. <laughs> I've come to realize that look. Yeah. There's there's different types of music. You know, there's 
dance music, there's mood music, there's party music, like, and, and you know, when you're in the club or you're in a festival or you're in a lounge, like, people just, they just want to feel good, man. Yeah, yeah, they, for sure. You know, you know, listen, salute to hip hop with it being the 50th anniversary of hip hop and yeah. the music that we grew up on that we love, like, you, yeah. you don't get it on the first listen, like, you yeah. gotta hear it, go back and then really listen to it, be like, Yo, did you catch that double on that double entendre, that triple entendre? Like, yo, I didn't catch that the first listen. Because that's the, the art of storytelling, the beauty of it. Yep. Right? Yo, I didn't catch it on the first listen. Let me go back and listen again. That's why I have playback value. Yep. Now, record is like, I mean, they would call it, you know, those who are back rappers or they call it now the underground scene is like there's still a cult following for those who love lyricism. And where you gotta break down stuff, but mass majority, bro, yeah. people just want to feel good. Yep. Does it feel good? Does it sound good? Yep. It's patchy. The end. <laughs> and that's what happened with me. Like one of my um, if it, if it cuts off, we're gonna sign back in, right? But uh, what? Oh. Yeah. So my my actually one of my music, uh, the guy who taught me engineering, my mentor, he I'm sitting there. I was the same way, right? Because I started as an engineer first. I was always a DJ, but as far as the production side, I was an engineer first before I was a, a producer. And he was like, listen, I'm going to tell you a little secret. If it sounds good, keep it. Don't worry about over the the, the decibels and or the DVs. And all. He said, don't worry about none of that. As long as it's not clipping and it sounds good, you're straight. He said, don't worry about it. If it sounds good, you are right. And that's the best, best one of the best piece of advice that's I ever got. Great, that's great advice. I mean, and then also to your, to your advantage... As a DJ, you know what the people want to hear. Exactly. <laughs> already, so to yeah. go from the DJ angle and then go into engineering, now you're getting into the science of sound. Yep. And now you're understanding levels and EQs and things yep. like that, which you need to know already as a DJ. But now you're understanding it on the creative side in creating the sounds. Yep. Yep. It's one thing to just mix and blend the sounds that's yep. already done. But now to create it and have that understanding of EQs and levels and yeah, because I could see I'm very sure like even like with you when you went to school I'm very sure they said the original thing was don't mix in the cans, don't mix in the cans, meaning headphones. 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 Don't mix in the headphones. I'm like, listen, I'm mixing in headphones, bro. Like I used to tell my teacher all the time, like, listen, I'm mixing in my headphones. I don't care what you say. You know what I'm saying? So a lot of things have changed, and I also wanted to ask this too, right? Because the new re the records you have, like Pull Up with H.E. Locks and uh, Joe Grind and Hello. records is hitting. You know, they are sample based. So do you do did you do that on purpose or no? And so now that's a great question. Now, <laughs> how do you know, look, respect the musician. You see what I'm about? Yeah. Right. I was heavy on and. I'm answering your question while also talking about how Respect the Musician ties into it. Got it. Respect the Musician originally started off because I noticed that musicians were not getting their just due. Mm. It's like, oh, like, look, oh, you play keys. Oh, I need you to play keys on the, on this track for me. Yo, you play trumpet. Yo, this nigga, yo. And for those who, and, and those who are listening, that's called work for hire. That's when you don't want to play it yourself. You get to work for hire. Yeah, there you that's go. That's the, the work for hire. That's what that's called. Yeah. Yeah, bro. Yo, just play for me. I'm just like, if you really want to get into, t it, I mean, some may argue it or not, but that's part of production. Yep. If you take those elements out, the record is not the same. 
Yep. You know, so let, that's that, right? And so respect the musicians for those who truly love music. You don't necessarily have to be a musician, a vocalist, an MC, a DJ, but if you know that you love music and it's impactful in your life and you meet, like you know that music has helped you get through good, the bad and the ugly and then in, in between, that's what respect the musician is about. And because of that knowledge, you have a respect for the music art form, yeah. right? And so with it being the 50th anniversary of hip hop, you know, hip hop is sample heavy. Mm -hmm. Now, when I first started, I was on some big time, you know, Prince approach like, yo, I ain't sampling nothing. Like everything I do, I create from scratch. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm, I'm still a little like that too. I'm like that too. And look, I look, it's in me. Like yeah. I got a whole bunch of original stuff that when you listen to you be like, oh wow, like that's really different. And like, of course there's inspiration around us. Everybody's inspired by someone or something, but it wasn't like, okay, let me take that. Let me take that and let me put that. No, it was never that for me. Yeah. But I said, you know what? I see how the music industry is evolving and how things are changing. How can I still be true to me? How can I still be authentic and apply that authenticity to where the music industry is now? Mm. You know, records are not four, five, six, seven minutes long anymore. No, 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 no. Don't don't even do that. Yeah. Is, you got two minutes, maybe three minutes tops. Yeah. Maybe three and a half minutes. And that's like that's that's pushing it, yeah. And that's even pushing it. But and then so I see like, okay, there's something about nostalgia that mm. people love. You know, whether you're sampling directly where it's blatant and people can hear it and go, Oh, I know that song. Mm. Or maybe it's an interpolation where somebody's listening to it and they're like, yo, this feels familiar, but I can't put my finger on it. That's where I'm at right now. You know, that doesn't mean that I never, I never stopped creating, you know, musical stuff. Like, from <laughs> but I'm not, yeah. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna fight where it's at. You know, I could still bring me to where things are. You know, there's an expression that says evolve or evaporate. That's true. Very you know? true. Very and true. so I see it as an opportunity for me to reinvent myself in certain elements while still staying true to me at the core. You still mm. get you still get top tier vocals, you still get harmonies, you still hear the trumpet in there, you know, it's a signature, you know, it's me. But yeah. it's like now it's more so, oh snap, I didn't expect for him, did he really flip that mystical? And then oh with an Afrobeat? I I would never thought that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, and then you have a collaboration with somebody else who who's from uptown as well you got pull up people yeah. are like yo i don't know i like it but like what genre is it it's like it's like hip-hop it's afrobeat it's dance tall it's like yeah melodies it's like i don't know what to call it that's why i say it's just a vibe yeah so we back man uh my guy sean taylor and uh yep, you know yep. yeah <laughs> And I wanted to ask you this question, man. So, you know, you, you've done so much in your career and I do want to ask, man, do you, one of my, one of my few last questions to, uh, before we get out of here is, do you like the studio better or you like the stage better? Which one you like? Wow. Hmm. I love performing. Yeah. I love performing. I mean, because as much as I do love being in the studio, there's the art of recording. 
you know, you know, from the, the process of beat making and then songwriting and putting it all together to have this overall production and then just being super, uh, 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 what's the word? Surgical vocally. Yeah, yeah. Get things tight with the doubles and the harmonies. I love all of that stuff. But there's something about performing live that it's irreplaceable. It's yeah. just something about performing live on stage. You get to bear your, you see, when you record, you're bearing your soul and that recording lives forever. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So that's, that's, that's timeless. That's very important, which I love that. But when you perform, every time is like a first time. Yeah. And you can recreate that every time you perform. Yep. You know, when you record a record, you know, it's very difficult, in my opinion. Yeah. Especially when you're locked in to recreate a moment that was captured in the studio. Hmm. You know, even the best of the best, you know, they're like, man, like that session, there was something about that session that was magical. We had all the right, you know, musicians in the room, you know, all the ideas are flowing. That's yeah. Cool. But when you perform, there's something about performing that. I love connecting with the crowd, getting that. And I always bring high energy. And so it's bearing the ability and the blessing to bear my soul on stage and bring the things that I grew up on, as we spoke about earlier. Yeah. The singing, the dancing, the trumpeting. Yeah. All of those things into one performance. It's it's who I am. So <laughs> that's, that's a very, very, very professional answer. <laughs> and I do want to ask this, man. So, you know, uh, Sean Taylor is 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 all these things, an actor, a trumpet player, a musician, a singer, producer. You know, what would you say now at in 2023, your next life? you know going on to the next half of life and in that sense of the word what's next for sean taylor there's going to be full-time artists of course you're here but you're going to just say you know what i'm gonna just thug it out and do it because i feel like sometimes and the reason i'm asking the long-winded question is because it's like you've done so much so you go like this you know do you feel like okay i'm gonna just stay straight with the music and the records as opposed to going like this up and down no, that's a no. I appreciate the the question because, and I've interesting enough. I was just having this conversation with one of my friends the other day, and it's like, how how do you know or when? How do you have the discernment to know when it's time to move mm-hmm. on to something else, or when do you stick something out? Yeah, 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 you know? yeah. Exactly. And, yep. And the dilemma when you are are good or great at many things mm. like well alright this ain't working out you know what I'm gonna just go into this other thing cause I know I get busy with that you know and if that don't work I'll get busy with another thing but for me at this point there is a shift that I feel hap- that I feel in the atmosphere and that I know is happening musically speaking. And I'm gonna give you this credit. To, this is to your credit as well. Before you go, finish this, this answer is that you're super freaking talented, bro. So it's like I want to know in my mind, like where is this going? Like you know what I'm saying? Like you're super talented. Like I I, I do I do music with a lot of people, 
and you're probably one of the most talented people I know. <laughs> and I'm, yeah, to God be the glory, bro. Yeah, I, I, I really appreciate that. And um, yeah, there's there's a shift in the atmosphere, and I know that with with Pull Up, with Joe Grind, and with the other records that are unreleased that are in a similar mm -hmm. vibe and vein of Pull Up and Joe Grind. Yeah, I know that things are just gonna continue to go like this. Yeah, and so that's where I am right now. I am I'm heavy in artist mode. Good. You know that don't, you know that don't mean that hey if somebody hit me up and like yo, you know, I want for you to pen a record for me, whatever the case may be, or if you want me to, you want some trumpet on a record, or oh yo I got a live show, definitely love to have you on stage. I still get busy and do all of that, but. Branding wise, I want people to understand this and for everybody who's watching this, let this be clear. I am an artist. Yeah. I say respect the musician because it's all about having integrity for the art form of music and the universal language of music. But I want when people, when they say Sean Taylor, I don't want them to say, oh, oh, that's that trumpet guy. Yeah, exactly. That, and that's what I was going to say, because even even me, I go through it. You know what I'm saying? And I like somebody who understands somebody who's super talented. A lot of times we like I want to engineer. No, I want to do this. I want to do this. I want to do this. And sometimes you have to you have to have laser focus to one yeah, thing. You gotta have, and 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 to to Tyler Perry's credit, mm -hmm. he mentioned something a while back and he said that. What? I, I, I'm kind of butchering his words, so don't quote me. But what he pretty much said in a nutshell was that you have there comes a point in time that you have to narrow your focus on yep. one thing yep. and just lock in on that. That doesn't mean that you have to neglect or that the, neglect other talents or other endeavors or that they don't exist. Is that that you got to have that one thing where you just narrow in on and really get busy with that. And once you break through with that, that can open the door for that. You know, I think of like like a Jamie Foxx, right? Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of people didn't know when he first started that he got busy like on the singing he, and the piano. He crazy, yeah. He's, yeah. he's like he's classically yeah. trained, trained yeah. pianist. Like he's sick. Yeah, like so, yeah. he's sick with it on the keys. And vocally, he's sick too. Yes, he is. But, but but he wasn't getting through. He wasn't getting through that ceiling. But because of his ability to be humorous and his ability mm. to to act and tap into character, he honed in on that. Yeah. He didn't neglect music, but he focused on acting, and the acting made room for all his other gifts. Even on the the Jamie Foxx show, he would sprinkle in scenes where he would be singing and playing and people would be like, oh, you know? Yeah. Uh, I know I gave you a very in-depth answer, but- No, 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 that's what, that's, I, that's what I'm here for. Like, because once again, it's a lot of artists and a lot of people that I, like, cause once again, I don't have, I could have anybody on my show. I'm very picky of who I want on my show. So it's not even about the money. It's not about, it's not about none of that for me. It's about, who I want on my show. So, you know, you giving those type of answers is great because it inspires people who really, really, really listen to the show and they like, yo, I'm at a crossroads or I'm I'm doing this or something like that. And then, you know, one of my last questions before we get out of here is, um, you know, what advice do you have 
for anyone getting into the music business uh you know it could be anything like what advice any, say say somebody comes up right now and be like yo sean taylor do you have any advice for me getting into the music business what would it be the advice i would say is be ready to put in the work without getting paid <laughs> yeah word <laughs> if, if, if you like you have to this is very much so you gotta you can't cheat the grind nope it knows how many hours that you've put in huh. it knows how many hours that you've invested it speaks loudly so there's any yeah if there's any advice that i would give is that you gotta be able to put in the work <clears throat> don't think that you're gonna come in for a year two years and yo if i don't pop it's over like, like you like just do music as a hobby yeah it takes yeah yeah it takes a it, very long it, time it yep. takes like the expression goes it takes 10 years to become <laughs> a night success yep and you damn but, sure to get paid for it it takes probably 20 years to get paid hey, but, for but, it. but hey look yeah, <laughs> paid for it. but look i actually i asked this question yeah if it took you 10 years 15 20 years to become a millionaire would you do it yeah, of course you would yeah so that's what, a good yeah whether you got your first a milli milli in one year or you got it in 20 or 25 years the point is that you won yep the fact in all reality that's another thing that i would say i would say yes be goal driven it's important to have short-term goals the point to have long-term goals is important to analyze you know the analytics you know of your social media interactions and knowing where your fan bases are so that way you can know the metrics of where to do shows and all that stuff yeah all that stuff matters but what what is top tier gotta just put in the work yo <laughs> yeah and my just, guy just 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 yeah. put in the work and, and 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 just stay true to who you are be stay true those who are meant to feel you musically they'll feel it and yeah. you'll and you'll find and you'll find your your tribe and so i say yeah. i like to say um in summation that like i'm grateful for like i said my uncle uncle roy dj shining star rest in peace for pouring into me i'm thankful for like i said my parents you know during the 80s they were on that thing but thankfully they were able to get off yeah and through that adversity i was blessed to have my grandparents who said look we're gonna raise you you're gonna be all right you know they took care of me they took care of my brother you know jaja town and hmm. and because of all of those experiences and overcoming the adversity all those things played a part in 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 me being who i am so to any new artist everything that i said is all facts and like i said stay true stay authentic and let your experiences and your pain let that let that be let that be the inspiration behind your pen let your let your pain let your mm. happiness let your joy let your sadness let that authentically be the inspiration behind your creation and you'll be all right 
you know this man my guy sean taylor we are out of here man thank you so so much man like i said my deepest apologies i had to do some promo for the for the radio station at another station and hey look it's all good it's just a vibe you know joe it is grind. joe sure grind you, out there joe grind out <laughs> make sure you go download that stream net yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's already on the radio that's already in rotation so you know i just loaded oh. it up today so oh it's grind. it's already in rotation yeah yeah it's in rotation so i'm about to do some hard hard more hard promo this interview is gonna go viral so People gonna love this. It's gonna go crazy on Facebook. So I definitely know this. This interview is gonna go crazy on Facebook and the reels and stuff. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. man. So uh, Sean Taylor, where can they find you on social media? Because your social media is a little different than your how it sounds. So, which is social media? For sure, for sure. And I appreciate that. So, ladies and gentlemen, everybody tuning in is yours truly, the one and only Sean Taylor, but it's spelled a unique way. Yeah. S X N T Y L R. That's again S X N T Y L R. On the socials, show love. The website, SeanTaylor.com, S X N T Y L R.com. And on the IG, on the TikTok, uh, on the Facebook, just simply at Sean Taylor, at S X N T Y L R. And that's the same for YouTube as well. You know what it is, my guy, Sean Taylor, Taylor Gang. I'm Charles Taylor. He's Sean Taylor. You know what it is, man, Joe Grind on all streaming platforms right now that pull up with my guy hg locks you know what it is man it's dj chase the pregame party miss podcast right here on wdjc db that's my station dj chase radio the app on our iphones android phones dj chase radio.com get that merch that audible app spotify podcast apple podcast and youtube dj chase tv yeah yeah